0: Hello, and welcome to an episode of Beam Voice. Today, I talk with Marco Koliancic, who is a digital technology manager at DR Roots. I previously talked with uh, the CEO of uh, this company in, a, in another episode. And now we are going to dive a little bit deeper in what they do and see some of their plugins. Hi, Marco, how are you doing?
1: I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me, Petru. And uh, yeah, it's good to be here.
0: It's nice to have you here. Please uh, start by saying a few words about yourself. And after that, uh, you can uh, share your screen and uh, go on.
1: So uh, what I can say about myself, I'm a digital technology manager at the Roots. In a nutshell, to summarize all my roles in team, I lead the development team at the Roots, all three teams. We have three teams that is, uh, you know, well-famous plugins team that is developing, you know, Sheetlink, ProSheets and other plugins, uh, custom development team and the R&D team. So these three teams. Uh, I'm architect by profession. Maybe it's a fun fact, uh, but all my career I'm in IT industry, like for last almost almost 10 years. So yeah, I deviated a bit from my studies.
0: <laughs> that sounds uh, a lot like uh, I met lately many uh, many people with this kind of background, and uh, that I- is no shame in that because uh, I I really think there are many more opportunities. Uh, you know the IT industry, but it's very nice that you have a, you, you found an overlap uh, between the IT and the still uh, AAC.
1: Yeah, it's a very interesting because I always had a passion for software development, even by studying architecture. Always playing around, even the early versions of Grasshopper as an example. And at that time, I learned also Python. So you know, applying this stuff and seeing the visual feedback from the tools was some kind of mind-blowing thing for me. And now in the Roots, I kind of have the ability to merge best from both world, worlds, if I may say like that, you know.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Please go on with your presentation. You can uh, start sharing your screen.
1: Okay. So what, what I prepared uh, is uh, I will open Trevi 2021 and
0: share the screen in a second. For those who have not watched the previous episode, just say a few words about what Di Roots is doing and, uh, Yeah. Uh, before we we dive into the product,
1: definitely we sometimes get used to and this everybody knows us for our plugins, uh, you know mindset. So, yeah, I will introduce. As I said, we have three teams, and what we are doing in a nutshell is uh, software development in IT industry. Basically, it, uh, if I can summarize, it's for uh, design automation, automation in general, and digital transformation. So, what we are known for is our uh, plugins. Uh, Eight free plugins, nine in development. At this stage, we kind of announced that uh, one month ago. So, yeah, uh, that's the first role. Second is uh, uh, custom development. We help businesses privately to create the tools and automate their workflows, help them achieve their goals faster and more precise. And the R&D team is something that we uh, strongly believe that without R&D team, you're stuck in the same loop all over again. So this is a, you know, uh, a couple of things about us, uh, mainly we are self-funded startup business, uh, we don't have investors at this stage and honestly we are not looking as I like to say, investors, we are just looking to create uh, best tools as much as we can and provide uh, provide for free for, uh, to industry. So what I, I will demonstrate uh, briefly, let me just open, I will do live demo of some tools. Uh, Keep in mind that a couple of uh, tools here you will see, maybe as an audience, you will see first time, because these are uh, tools that will be released in uh, two to three weeks. So for example, what I will show, what they are doing on, the, on our uh, site is, as an example, we have eight plugins, as I said. Uh, Sheetlink is well-known uh, plugin for data management, uh, I can tell you, for example, SheetGen, it deals with the drawing production process from start to finish, like even build with revisions, views, and so on. TableGen is importing Excel data, so non beam graphical data into Revit itself, and, you know, drawing in Revit from the Excel sheet. Uh, one filter is kind of one of my, my, my personal favorites, if I may add. <laughs> Because we invested a lot, of time, a lot of time and development in this plugin. It's a very big plugin in terms of software development. I know it doesn't look like that maybe in small UI, but it deals with finding anything in your Revit models by any possible criteria that you can imagine.
0: Because otherwise, otherwise it's not very easy to navigate and look for things in Revit.
1: Exactly, exactly. And that's one of the problems that we are solving. Some of these features you already have in Revit built in. As an example, I can open one filter and this is a compiled version. I'm just kind of warning because it's in development. So maybe some bugs will appear, but for now everything is stable, let's say like that. So what I can tell you about the one filter, as I said, if I need to summarize, it's a tool for finding elements in the model. How you can find the elements in the model, you can find in any possible different way. For example, filter is a simple. Uh, One, and look how we organize the UIs. We follow the same structure as much as we can. So that we strongly believe, a tool that doesn't need a manual uh, to understand how it works is the best tool and best UI and user experience. And we tend to do things in similar ways. If you use one plugin, you kind of get the idea where others are, how the others are working. Uh, For one filter, I'll do just briefly explanation uh, let, let's example, I want to find floors. It's super easy. I want to find floors, but I can take a look into pick into parameters and values by instance, or even combined in a both levels, which is very interesting. For example, I will pick instance, then I will pick some parameter. For example, we can pick mark parameter, and then we have operators equal does not equal contains is a very interesting one. And uh, yeah. What You can do now. I pick the parameter that doesn't have any value, maybe comments, or even let me see just the comments. One uh, comments here, okay. Yep, we don't have comments, <laughs> I'm picking just the wrong maybe level is a very interesting one in a sample model. So we have this auto complete and easy like that. You just click filter and you find them. And what you can do, you can find all floors in the level one, of course. For much more precise uh, finding of elements, we have something called rules and sets. In a nutshell, if you can imagine that you can apply multiple filters in the same time and change them, that's the overall idea. For example, I can find the walls and I can add as many as I want uh, rules here. So I can pinpoint precise find elements in my model. And even I can invert my rules to find something that is not considered to be in this filter, If it makes sense, you can find something and you can find the rest of the things. This is very interesting. And why? Is it, what's the reason why we developed this? Everybody knows that, for example, uh, uh, if you go to manage, you have rule-based filters in Revit, but they, they tend to be clunky in a way, how you input the data. So we thought, come on, let's recreate that functionality in our plugin and so far it's good, it works, it's very precise. Uh, what I will demonstrate also uh, is maybe contained stuff, which is one of the very, I see some users get confused with the purpose of this uh, This one. But what I can tell you as an example, idea is you have a volume of space, okay? It's in area, rooms, masses, space zones, whatever you actually want. And then you pick categories. I will, in this model, I have a lot of rooms, okay? and I want to find all of these category elements in these forms, and I can even use link files. And what I can do, I can run one very, very, I would say fast algorithm, because we refine performances of this one for, I would say straight one and a half months, just for on performances in terms of coding. And what you can do now, what you can see now, that they are mapping between elements and the volume that they are contained inside. For mechanical engineers this is kind of very important for architects also to find where is my furniture in which room so I can create a mapping and what I can do now for example I know that uh, model groups I think they don't have parameters so that's a known limitation from Revit API what we can do we can build our volume and what it does We describe this mapping in a parameter in Rabbit. That's very interesting one. For now, we can use room number and room name. And if I click set parameter value, we can store in one common instance text parameter, give it a second to spin. It's inserted. Okay, in some element cannot add because they are grouped. And what is the end result? If I select, for example, this door, it will tell me that in a comments, You see here, this uh, door is in the kitchen and the dining. So it's occupying this, uh, it's contained in these spaces. Now, when it comes to visualizing things, okay, I know where are my elements, but what I can do, I can go to visualize tab. And visualize tab is very interesting because I can do something like this, accept the model groups, let's find the model groups quickly. Okay, and comments. And what you will see here, that we find and differentiate between parameter values, we assign the unique color for all of these parameters. And what you can do is like that, you can colorize your elements based on some uh, parameter values. Why is this feature so important? I personally insisted on this one, because kind of giving the color to parameter values in Revit models, is uh, it gives you insight in the model, very easy. Like, uh, uh, for example, what use cases are users are using, uh, if they are renumbering elements in the model, they tend to like to use the gradient colors, okay? And what they do, they apply the gradient colors, for example, from red to green, and they can visualize, this is not a good example, because these are not sequenced numbered elements, imagine that you do this on large scale you can easily see how your elements are sequenced they are going from one color to another if you see the spike spike in the color you notice immediately there is some issue in numbering for example that's one very interesting uh thing of course bunch of options, bunch you know things to to configure on the one filter and a couple of things, uh, for example, what what is one of the interesting things that you cannot do natively with Revit uh, uh, Revit native functionality is, I will just undo a couple of steps, is this one. Let's go to 3D view and I will open one filter. You notice that I'm using shortcuts, uh, I can even give a recommendation for our users d for the roots and then initials of the plugin for example dof is for one filter dsl for shift link and so on so it's easy to remember right and what what you cannot do with native revit functionality is if you go to rules and sets okay you can see rule-based filters and rule-based filters are uh, something that i'm always forgetting where they are because i'm using from here (laughs) almost exclusively but these ones right okay and what you can do now if you click interior filter you can actually select elements in your model what else you can do you can click visualize and send these elements over the visualize tab and you can visualize them for example by category or something like that so yeah you can communicate inside the plugin between the tabs and it's very useful one why this plugin also very heavily used in the industry is uh, model checking, is uh, because in uh, a lot of these types you have actually profiles in which you can save the profiles and you can easily inspect this data. Okay, on the model, and that's in a nutshell one filter. One that I would kind of uh, showcase now that is now in a second beta testing phase is uh,
0: sheet link. Sorry for jumping in. Can you please go back to one filter? Do you have any filters that are geared towards uh, IFC elements? Uh
1: Uh, Aha, not not uh, built-in features, not uh, uh, built-in rules, let's say like that. But easily, if you have elements here, even if you link the IFC file, uh, we are working on one uh, feature of the one filter that will be released with our next update, and that is. how to say, uh, find elements in a linked models. So if you link the IFC, if you link anything else, uh, we'll be able to dig deeper, one step beyond the current model. And that's one of the big features actually uh, that we are actively working on.
0: Okay, that's good. It's cool to make things that uh, integrate well with, uh, with OpenBeam, yeah, very important.
1: Unfortunately, I don't have uh, here on my site, is called ProSheets, but in ProSheets, while we mentioned the IFC, uh, we dig a lot deeper uh, than in other plugins into IFC support because to support some requests from our clients, uh, users, let's say like that, it's better word, uh, you know that we are ex- able to export the IFC uh, models from the ProSheets. If you see the amount of options that we added there, it's kind of mind-blowing. Almost all features that private can do with IFC are supported in in uh, in a project. So yeah, we are looking in IFC. But we also did when you mentioned the IFC, we did one uh, let's say R and D project with uh, Open Design Alliance SDKs. Maybe you heard for them. It's uh it's called Oda SDKs. There is one IFC SDK and BMR V SDK. In a nutshell, the project was not Public, not published, but internally developed, and yeah, I think we published one video on LinkedIn that showcases that you can open Revit model and IFC files without having even installed Revit on your machine, like standalone application. We worked on that for a couple of months just to make a proof of concept for one future product that we are kind of looking. Long answer. I provided very long answer.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. No problem. So what I wanted to showcase
1: also, maybe it's interesting to show Sheetlink because it is completely different from what is actually out out there now, uh, publicly available. As I mentioned, uh, Sheetlink is now closing into a final second beta testing phase. Uh, Guys and girls from the industry, well-known companies, they are doing internal testing and providing us feedback. Even yesterday, we received one if I you know compliment our team uh is about performances of the sheet link. Uh one very large ihc company, they tested on very heavy models and they were surprised with performances. Now, this is very small model, so you will not see the performances, but on a large scale kind of thing, difference. So, what we did with the sheet link for everybody that is familiarized with the sheet link, main idea is to kind of strip down data from the model, export to spreadsheet files. Why it say it's to spreadsheet files, because it can be Google uh, Sheets or it can be Excel files, normal Excel files. You update the data in Excel, import to imp- uh, update the model. And in a an natural workflow, is super basic, super simple. Now, there is a much more things we can do in between point A and point B, okay? And we break down the UI in, um, as you see, regarding the previous version, we break down into tabs, so everything is cleanly, neatly organized. Or everything is kind of similar in all of these tabs; You just target the different elements. One of the big features that we have at this stage is uh, introduction of panel link. I will just demonstrate briefly in a, another model because this is the only thing that we develop specific for one uh, discipline in IT industry, and and that reminds me to tell you one thing that is kind of our motto or a goal uh, while developing these eight plugins is to never cover anything specific to any uh, discipline. The idea is to create a broad general tools as a small platform on which you can, no matter which discipline you belong, you can do your daily tasks and automate and speed up and so on. Right? Uh, Panelink is the only exception to that and we are supporting panel schedules which are very specific to electrical discipline. I will demonstrate later and just wanted to point out that. So what we can do uh, with uh, sheet link, yeah let me just do one basic thing like I don't know, we can select the floors, you see the color coding, color coding is very important for us. As a visual speakers we kind of See the green color, it means instance, yellow means type, read only parameters are red ones. So let's pick some parameters like, uh, for example, we are on floors, levels, and we want a mark parameter. What we can do, there is a couple of things. Now we can branch it to three, uh, sorry, uh, parts. Three parts means export to Google, export to Excel, or without even exporting, do editing directly in the ship link. Uh, let's explain just the export to Excel briefly. Uh, I can export the floors. We will overwrite some part, uh, worksheets, I think it's called. Okay. I told you that we have a, a VR on beta version. So. Yeah. Uh, let's just give different name uh, 0.1. Let's say like that. And it will open. I know for this bug because we are tracking it for quite some time, so yeah. Easy like that, I have overview of my data, if I get lost I can always take a look into instructions page, yellow tells me it's a type, red is me read only, and grey is important because it tells me that maybe on one of these rows, one of these elements, this parameter doesn't exist. So if you cross check and see somewhere grey. Color it means that your parameter doesn't exist. You can use para Manager to create that parameter and then Sheet Link to populate the data. What I will do? I will do some very naive, very simple thing like Mark Parameter. I will just sequence a couple of numbers, save, import, and then we have a couple of options. I will just import straight from the yeah. We'll do preview import. Okay, we can do floors 01. And what people see, it's a nice feature of the sheet link that kind of our users really like to use is to see what are the changes in the model. Because we can compare what is in the Excel, what is actually
0: in the model. Like a revision control of a file.
1: Exactly. And we can now update the model. It's a fraction of the second that's OK. If you go there, what we can do now validate it did we uh, correctly apply the values yes i can just preview edit and i can see my values here so it means that if i select some floor i can see that i applied the mark value and that's basic workflow what you can do copy uh, spreadsheets for example are a good example what you can do with the sheet link i will not demonstrate now because i need to build up a lot of things to prepare but yeah and the uh, this is for model categories, annotated categories, just the same thing, but more detailed items, uh, detailed things uh, specific to the views. Elements are elements that are actually used in the model. Schedules are very important. This is filed with just two schedules. And the spatial is actually one of the tabs. Give me one second. never do live demo on beta version. That's one of the golden rules.
0: (laughs) Which you just broke, eh? (laughs) huh?
1: Yeah, Uh, idea is uh, why I broke, because I wanted to showcase the latest one. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's no problem, don't worry. Don't worry, no problem.
1: That is the deal. Uh, Of course, these small issues will be avoided. And what I want to demonstrate uh, briefly is maybe panel link, because electrical discipline guys girls will be kind of interested in this one we did uh, a lot of development this is a feature that is almost six months old that we didn't uh, actually release so to open the panel schedules let me open this model I think this one contains um, panel schedules and while it's opening um, I will explain one uh, super neat feature that we uh, are everybody's using but for the new. Uh, Users that will probably maybe download our plugins and give them a try is uh, this thing. If you open the sheet link or any of our plugins, you will see the feedback here button. And through this button, we are receiving daily a lot of uh, comments. Please improve this, do this. Can you support, I don't know, specific scenarios and so on. So, uh, as much feedback as we get from our community to develop these free plugins, we are grateful always and we always look into to this. Uh, as an example the Space tab is a recommendation from one Australian company that used a lot sheet link and they thought that it would be nice to have one specific set of functionalities for rooms and spaces to create from the uh, spreadsheet files or access files uh, rooms space and spaces in the model and import them Okay, So yeah uh, what we can do on the link, you can see the panel schedules. Uh, let's see a couple of schedules. Still look like this, and electrical discipline guide know this. Uh, what do we do, uh, we do two things. Export as is, it means we will literally export this schedule as it looks like here, but without ability, without ability to import back and update the model. It's just purely for exporting as is. And the one in, a, we call it sheet link format. So what we can do, you see all the parameters, and we can export keep formatting. Keep formatting means that we will export without any changes to the uh, sheet. Yeah. So what what will happen? Wait a second. To assemble the view, and this is how it looks like. So, yeah, it's, you can see approximately almost exact match of these. And this data, unfortunately, you cannot fill in because it will be enormously complicated because of the nature of the panel schedules, they grow a lot. They can, uh, users can apply different templates. It's enormously difficult to create an exact mapping of the features. And it doesn't make sense because you can easily edit them here. But what we can do uh, is export without key formatting. And let's say this uh, schedule zero one zero two sorry yeah we have to look like this what is the benefit of doing this uh i'm not the electrical engineer but we have a developer that is actually software developer and the electrical engineer in the same time so he uh kind of fully development of this feature and explain us what are the benefits of exporting in a ship link format well, i'm saying that from the ship link you can export the panels and all of the other surrounding elements. But the benefit of exporting from Panel link is that you export only elements that are within this schedule, only specifically these elements. So you narrow down your search in finding the elements, parameters, values, and so on. And so far we received a good feedback from Beta test group, and of course, triple checking before release and usual work. Petru, do, what do you think about the ship link?
0: <laughs> it's, uh, it's interesting. It yes, definitely has it used, and, uh, but uh, I did not use it. I don't use Revit, unfortunately. Unfortunately, I, uh, I cannot give you too much uh, feedback on this.
1: Uh-huh. Well, which application for modeling are you using, if I may ask?
0: In, in the job uh, I'm working right now, I use actually AutoCAD, uh, Civil 3D, and Navisworks. These are the main softwares I'm using. Although I have some experience with Revit, but it, it's been a few years since I worked with it, and I never worked in projects. I, I've been into a long course of a few months, and I use it quite intensively. but it, it's been more than five years ago. And uh, I just, um, I've used it uh, on the side of the job, uh, just trying to, to learn and keep myself updated. But uh, it's been, I, I think last year I used it, last time. And, uh, but I, don't, I did not use it as pro- at professional level, like I said. So it's difficult for me to give any feedback regarding this. I'll be honest. Uh, yeah. I, I worked with the AutoCAD more than 10 years now, and Navis works like five, and yeah, I worked with Tecla a little bit.
1: huh. so that's your uh, type of technology, it's good, good, nice. Uh, Tecla, personally, I didn't use uh, as an architect. I'm so far away from Tecla, <laughs> you get my point. but yeah. Uh, I'm mainly on the Reddit and uh, from time to time on our as a uh, monitoringing tools or remodeling tools yeah so uh, in a nutshell, let me just show you even a couple of things that are kind of maybe not that well known as small features of our plugins and then I will uh demonstrate para manager and then we can maybe uh yeah discuss uh, furthermore so on on any of our plugins we have a couple of things that are very interesting, uh, collapse. I know it sounds simple, but uh, believe it or not, like uh, I personally think that 80% 80 of our users doesn't know about this feature. (laughs) You just double click because sometimes it's very difficult. You have a lot of screens, you have a lot of plugins open in the same time. It's super super interesting to just collapse and see. How do
0: you do that with double click?
1: Double click, it's plain and simple. I can tell you my inspiration came for this feature, uh, sorry for saying my name, because I, I actually requested this feature, but team developed, team actually figured out the way to develop this thing, and uh, it came from, uh, in Grasshopper, from early days in Grasshopper, uh, you can double click on the top of the bar and you can collapse in this way, and I always admired that feature, I was like, I didn't even know how to find the technical name. When you see develop me this, and one guy, I forgot the name on LinkedIn, tell me exact technical name for this feature. So, in a nutshell, people double click to collapse.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, it's very nice indeed because it cleans your screen so much because we always have many, many, many windows right open. So, it's very useful. Yeah, definitely. And this this applies to all your plugins, right?
1: All of our. Whenever, whichever you touch, of course, sheet link that is out now, I it also supports the different UI styling. So, what we are working on actually, and it's a very big, difficult task, is uh, unify the whole styling of the plugin, teaming, let's say, like that. Because we have a couple of ideas in the near future to start supporting different language versions, for example, French, Portuguese, Spanish. Please list goes on. We will see how many languages we can actually support. Of course, we'll need the feedback from community to help us because. As an example, we don't have French speaker in the company, but we have Spanish Portuguese speakers now. And the other thing is uh, one of the not that so important features is we are actually waiting for EMI to support our team, <laughs> like can. So we want to be ahead of the curve and to provide the option to build your team for the plugins, UI team. Uh, that's one of the long-standing features that we kind of started working on as uh, a real soon uh, release. So you can create a dark version of, you know, uh, uh, Sheetlink as an example. Okay, and what you can always notice with our plugins, uh, this thing that I will show it makes things a bit difficult from the software development standpoint. But, you know, I, we have a great great team behind us, so we are not afraid of this challenge. For example, keeping everything mod Modeless means that you can interact in the same time. And uh, I cannot tell you how many times be stuck uh, to you know actually develop it because there is some very tricky Revit API behaviors that need to be overcome, you know, workarounds and stuff like that. So far, so good. And so good that by default, everything that we actually develop, even in custom development, is always moduless. So you can You don't need to close the plugin, then model, then do the plugin and so on, right? That uh,
0: That sounds like a need utility, yeah. Yeah.
1: And, uh, okay, I will just briefly go go through Paramanager. Paramanager in our user community, which is kind of large at this stage, is gaining a lot of attraction, a lot of popularity, and actually number of downloads are if I can see in Archon, it's out of this world for Panamanager.
0: This must have something to do with IFC, definitely. Maybe it helps. It helps people set param- uh, IFC parameters. Yes. Uh, so they can export better IFC files. Or
1: exactly. So the main purpose of the plugin is to manage parameters. And as we know, data plus you know parameters and values, data plus gra- uh, graphical data it means smart model, right? So we need to manage parameters. Sometimes we need to clean models. Sometimes we need to inject parameters, uh, modify them and so on. So uh, paramanager is designed to try to cover everything that is missing in RAMP. Like all of these workflows that kind of we personally think as a team, that kind of should be there, uh, but you know. So uh, on a basic level, what I can do, uh, add parameter, one parameter, plain and simple like that. Okay, this is feature that is uh, recently requested by a couple of users, uh, big supporters of us, in terms of, you know, providing us feedback, to allow this, uh, to support all uh, attributes of the parameters that Revit can consume. Right? So, the, because of UI, we needed to kind of summarize them in a drop down list and yeah to provide them but now you can add the tool tips you can decide this parameter visible or not is it read only or is it editable and list goes on Right. so on a basic level let me just add. this is my tooltip sorry for spelling mistakes probably and if i go to categories i can now assign category to these parameters okay what i can do I can choose which category you want easily. I can see combinations of categories if I'm constantly working on the similar tasks. It's not important at this stage. For existing users, what I would point out the vertical line character uh, represents the subcategories. Paramanager now support every possible category and subcategory in the Revit. And let's not do everything. Like, why not? It's a basic workflow. I just created one shape parameter. Easy like that. But what I can do, I can do many more, much more things. I can export the all parameters in Excel, update them there, even create new parameters. I can import from shape parameter files and so on. I can delete duplicate parameters and so on to clean my models. Recently, we received one model for our client that has uh, almost 1,000 parameters per uh, model category. Which is I, I even small models are slow to, to read and you know do stuff. what we propose just delete unnecessary parameters. It's a couple of seconds job. now, if we divert deeper into this, let me just open better sample model to showcase a couple of things. yeah, let's open this one. sample files and let's go to. Maybe this well-famous sample model that Rabbit ships with, okay. Do I want to see changes? Of course, no, we didn't do anything super interesting. So what we can do, plain and simple, we can go to transfer tab and imagine that you have a, paramet- a family here. And from that family, you want to deploy parameters to many other families. If you go one by one, all of these families, edit family, insert parameters, load back in model, it'll take like ages to do that. With the parameter, it's very simple. And this is a very useful tool in which we can select family. Okay, we have these parameters. I can even modify them, modify the name. And I can put a prefix of MK, let's say my initials for some reason. Let's say we are interested in that. And we can sort by furniture or maybe even, uh, sorry, let's find the windows. Okay, let's find the windows. And insert from this family parameters in all windows in the model. This is success messages, it means everything is okay. And if I now open the, for example, one filter, why not to mix things up a bit? We can find all windows in the model. So very quick, we can isolate them, and we can easily inspect, did we uh, apply these parameters? Probably they are on type level. Yes, they are on type level because these ones are type level. And you see MK, 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 right? So it is like that. And no matter how many families you have, you just you can deploy parameters. Over. Similar thing is uh, from families' perspective, you select families in which you want to insert parameters. Notice the time in model environment, just do brief demo. Let insert three parameters into chairs. Everything okay. So, for the new users and maybe for existing users, if they miss uh, our color coding, I will explain briefly. Uh, just because I'm constantly emphasizing how important is color coding for us, and uh, let's do something like this. Green color means that something is in the model para manager or any our plugin. Uh, is just reading the values. Nothing is changed. Like everything is fine. Okay. Yellow color means that something is in the model, but be modified in plugin. Like name of the family, some parameters of the family. Something yellow means that if you click apply, then it will be propagated to the model. And red means it doesn't exist in the model. It's purely virtual in our plugin. If you click apply, it will be in the model. And this is a simple color coding strategy that we are using to make everything clear. What is supported in the latest version is um, share parameter editor. Uh, this is kind of a painful topic. If you try to manually edit the shape parameter files, you'll see but that means help. Uh, it's very not straightforward, not easy and so on, and even not recommended to directly edit the shape parameter files, but Imagine that we have a tool in which can actually edit the shape parameter files. Let's just load one. All information there. It's definitely not easy to make a syntax mistakes because you have a drop downs and you can say yes, no. I have groups. I have type of the parameters. Everything is clean, Let's say like that. And what you can do? How easy is to add new parameters to shape parameter file? You just click on parameters, give them name, and you have them, you just click save and that's it. They will be saved. Nice. And if I may add one more feature of the this shared parameter editor, maybe more advanced users will kind of appreciate this one. Let's, I don't know even what are these, uh, let's open this one and let's load one more uh, share parameter file, like uh, three parameters. It will ask if you want to merge, combine them into one which is super useful uh, feature, and we see parameter one two three, And what I need to do to officially merge them, I just need to save them somewhere on my machine. And that's it, easy like that. And so far, this feature is also feedback from the community. Of course, we give our touch to final you know, design and workflow of the tool. But uh, yeah, it's based on the user feedback. So. And this is Para Manager. What I can also add uh, briefly: uh, whoever deals a lot of with families, these users will appreciate Para Manager in the family environment. I will just briefly open one first family that I touch. DPM Para Manager. You will see that it looks completely different because it's very specialized to family environment and all the features from what we are working now on. For the existing users, they the ones that actually provided us a lot of questions when you will support the formulas or expressions in Paramanager I will just say coming soon because team is starting to work on this feature it's very important because uh, in uh, Revit in Revit you can apply the formulas or expressions here there is a specific syntax that you can apply to make your parameters kind of smarter communicate with each other and that's one of the big features that they will release Para Manager, alongside ability to fill in the parameters into nested families. So for a non-Revit users in audience, <laughs> hope everything is clear, but uh, yeah, in a nutshell, you manage your parameters uh, in a smart, flexible way in a, if I may say, nice UI entity.
0: <laughs> yeah. How many plugins did you say you have in total? In
1: total, we have eight officially released free plugins. Of course, we are working on a ninth one. Ninth one will be oriented more towards the point cloud uh, support. Uh, for a beginning, we'll do very simple list or list of simple features for just visualizing the point clouds, cutting the point clouds, exporting point cloud to family, remeshing things. And so nothing major, but then we'll build up the feature list. We kind of decided to not go with a huge release. Step at a time and just add more features. That's our end goal.
0: I see you have, uh, you have feedback, donate, and custom software.
1: Uh, these two, if I may add, uh, internally, this one is mostly used. Uh, feedback, as I said, we daily receive a number of emails do this, please, can you help me something, blah, blah. These kind of things, of course, we have dedicated support team, that's very important for somebody who is developing free plugins on a large scale. Having a dedicated support team is kind of not very common, honestly, I, I think it's very unique. So if you use our plugins, if you stuck anywhere, feedback, ask the question in within our two, three hours, you'll get the response.
0: Show me uh, what happens when you click on feedback.
1: Uh, you will go to, you will go to contacts form and you just fill a couple of information. I don't, uh, yeah, required fields are these and uh, yeah, all of the fields are required for now. So, of course, we are receiving, for example, phone numbers that look like uh, this, <laughs> 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 company test. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah it's yeah. okay. Uh, we also believe in privacy. We don't need to know, for example, exact name. the person who contacted us it's perfectly fine as long as the question is asked correctly right Uh, custom software is a button more for okay this is eight plugins we are doing a lot of stuff for free but maybe in my company i have very specific workflows that i want to cover very specific type of automation that i want to cover then you go and click on software and contact us and then we analyze with the client uh, requirements, uh, even our proposals from our experience, we think it could be a best approach. Uh, yeah, and donate is support us on our journey <laughs> button.
0: <laughs> Are any people donating using that button? You don't give need to give me any numbers, but is there somebody in uh, once in a while donating anything?
1: Once in a while, yes, and pretty much the same companies, pretty much the same people last couple of, let's say last year. Everybody probably thinks everybody donates us. Honestly, this button here we use mainly for when you donate something to the roots. It doesn't go to salaries, it doesn't go to some expenses and so on. It goes into buying SDKs and libraries for software development. For example, we recently switched to new uh, type of installers. Uh, the more advanced and more bulletproof production-ready installers, and that's that is creating uh, give us ability to create installers. It costs around, I think, two thousand uh, dollars per license. So donate goes into this, so we can create a better features, better installers, better everything, and that's the kind of thing that we finance. Donate <laughs> button.
0: Interesting. Well, that's important to say, right? Because uh, maybe people are not aware that. Uh... Uh, this money are heading into that direction.
1: Yeah, because for example, we started one campaign, but we kind of didn't reach enough to uh, to provide one very big feature for one filter. And it's kind of try to replicate Power BI inside the rabbit on a small scale, of course. I mean, Microsoft Power BI is a huge beast that you cannot beat and you should not beat. It's a very well known application, very you know good. But do something simple like that in a one filter. To do that, you need a very specific advanced UI controls. We can develop them internally, but they'll take us a lot of time. We are confident we can develop. But sometimes it's much easier to purchase the finished controls and you build the logic to support these UI controls. By UI controls, I mean um, how to explain. This button is a UI control. This whole thing here is a UI control and so on. So you can imagine some complex bar charts, pie charts, uh, analysis, visualization things. Uh, yeah, we hope we will reach number uh, good enough number to purchase these UI controls. We can develop. And when you said that I will just be clear about this. That uh, doesn't live about donations. Doesn't live from donations. We are not that good in requiring donations. Acquiring uh, donations, as for example, Blender Foundation which are big fan, honestly. Uh, Blender is well known. Everybody knows Blender 3D as application, and they get donations from big players, like Intel and so on, Pretty from our users. And our market is very, very you know, focused niche market. This is where we live, uh, custom software development. That's where we, I think, personally shine <laughs> on these private things, private development, I mean.
0: Okay, so then uh, your team mostly, like the biggest part of the team is working in helping customers uh, on their journey. And after that, you have uh, some, uh, maybe a, a small part of the team that is working only on these plugins or, or everyone is involved at different levels in-
1: Sometimes, uh, Pedro, sometimes like, we have like uh, five developers working on the plugins, right? But sometimes we have just one that is maintaining all all eight plugins like just going through seeing bugs okay let's accumulate a couple of bugs develop release and that's our workflow we are in that terms very flexible and idea uh, to be clear even for the new users that maybe will try after this uh, to to you know download our plugins is as jose said what is free will stay free we don't have any single intention to ever commercialize our plugins this is our giveaway to the industry. And I would like maybe just the community to know that we are working very hard on this amount of hours that we are putting an effort to create these. But the most important part, we are passionate about this. And uh, when you see the feedback from community, everything makes sense, everything is good. Everything, you are just good to go to the next sprint and work on it. Yeah,
0: that's a very nice uh, mindset to have. Uh, and uh, I think in a way you also get rewarded uh, by uh, maybe uh, you get some leads from this. maybe you get some possible customers that are willing to like after they try your uh, custom uh, your uh, free plugins, maybe they would like to hire you to build something right So it's a it's a nice way to uh, to expand your uh, customer base maybe. Uh, I don't know if it's happening, but I maybe at some point uh, it will have this effect, I'm guessing.
1: Yes, it has that effect. People are regions from different backgrounds, different from different, uh, they heard usually by recommendation. That's our thing. For example, we don't have uh, business developers that are going chasing people around and so on to make it it's okay, but we have different strategies. Our strategy is let's make the best tools, and industry will come to us because they see what we actually can develop. Unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, I don't know how to put this one, uh, there is something uh, I call it necessary evil called NDA. <laughs> 80% of our developments, even these eight plugins that you see, they are huge. 80% of our work is under NDAs. We cannot share anything that we are developing. What I can just say is we are developing very interesting, very unique uh, tools for AutoCAD, Revit, and we are expanding into different platforms. So far, people know us just for the Revit side of things because we kind of we are ones to blame. We, we, we just published stuff for the Revit, but for AutoCAD, for example, for even we are looking into Archead very soon, we will start working on Archead, which is kind of the other big platform that needs to be
0: covered, you know, it's from our standpoint. So,
1: we're not just in you know, we're not just Revit guys, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: but mostly like, uh, yeah, mostly, uh, at yeah. least for this. Publicly, at least, this is uh, what people uh, know most about, right? Yeah, yeah. How big uh, have your team become uh, since the last year? Uh, It has increased a lot? Yes, since the
1: last year, I think we almost doubled the team. Wow. If I can recall, now, now it's stuck with the numbers, but now we are 17. 18 uh, developers joining us in uh, May and uh, we are looking for two to three new developers in uh, June. So that is rapidly expanding and there is always place in the roots for somebody who is passionate about software development in the IT industry. We are looking into focused industry, we don't want to you know spread around different things until we conquer the IT industry, when we conquer at some point let's hope uh, we will expand into Different industries. So that's our
0: philosophy. What do you know about open source for AAC and what is your opinion about that?
1: Open source, uh, highly support, honestly. That's my long standing point. Unfortunately, Autodesk, if I may a bit criticize Autodesk, doesn't kind of really support open source projects. What I know that, for example, IFC is uh, one of the greatest things that's happened to our industry at this point. And it's a technology and maybe standard, better to say standard, not the file format, that is a future and should not be overlooked. If somebody at this stage, in this year, is doubting that, I think they are not right. Uh, That's my personal opinion. I saw a lot of different projects in our software development perspective in our industry. And it's always nice to see people sharing the actual source code whether it's uh, commercial source code or non-commercial source code because you know uh, open source can be commercial and non-commercial i can give examples of some you know Linux distributions and stuff that are commercial very expensive ones but they are open source so they're not free we received a lot of requests to open source our plugins recently uh, because people are kind of and I think we understand that point. There are three that we will start, oh, tomorrow we will start changing the plugins. I adapted my whole pipeline towards their plugins. What will happen? For now, we just released 3 open letters. I think three, at this stage, opt letters on LinkedIn that we are saying, no worries, as long as their which is there, we are uh, going to maintain, add new features, and right? And that costs us money. Also, you know, developers, but uh, yeah. My opinion goes to, unfortunately, we are locked into file formats at this stage. That's my reading of our industry. And these uh, file formats are kind of proprietary for so commercial companies, and it's not easy to break the chains. You will see sometime, uh, maybe in the near future, people start adopting the IFC and better ways to,
0: yeah. Yeah, there are some interesting projects, and I, I have some that, I had guests on my podcast from, uh, like I um, I have a very close relationship, for example, with Dion Malt, uh, who is the founder and maintainer of uh, Blender Beam, and uh, yeah, Blender Beam is still uh, in early uh, stages and such, but um, it it I, I really believe it has a lot of potential, and uh, it's um, it would be really nice to see um, uh, to see uh, some options to have some options, you know. I don't have anything, any grudge against Autodesk. They had a, like, they are proprietary, but it's not only them, like any other company does the same, right? Like Namecheck or Trimble, they, they work in the same way. They, they are businesses. They are built to make money. They definitely had a tremendous positive impact uh, on our industry. towards digitization, of course. How they operate, yeah, of course. Are they expensive? Yeah, if you don't like it, don't use it. Try to, try to uh, invest in something else that might be an alternative maybe, right? So I, I think actually, uh, what is the, one of the biggest problem? Why we don't have any alternatives is it's very little awareness in our industry about open source at all. That's the problem. Uh, like look for example, uh, for IT, right? You, you can find the open source free tools that you can build whatever project you wish. Like, uh, and uh, we, we still don't have that in, uh, in AAC, like, or if we have, It's partially, and yeah, we we still have a lot of uh, of work to do there, but uh, that won't happen overnight. And it won't happen if we don't uh, educate ourselves and if we don't find a way or another to contribute, you know, even uh, by just at least talking about it, being aware that, well, it might be a solution. Like uh, there is this kind of uh, business model. It can be a business model as well. There are many, many IT companies that They have, uh, they they open source their code, right? Even if for some services you might need to pay, but this is the nice part with open source, right? Because you can customize it whatever, however you like for your use. Uh, It's not closed and you can have a say in what, how you are going to use it, right? You are not stuck with what the company decides to do that. You bought, you pay the license, and after that you do whatever you want with it, right? Because it's open source. You have the, Right to modify it for your own use, right? And
1: If I may add, uh, Petro, I agree on all points with you. first, everything starts with being aware that there is something else beyond the common technologies that we actually just see every day. you know in our industry is kind of slow in adopting this digital transformation. But, uh, I think everybody is aware of that. Uh, but beginning attraction, you know uh, it, things are improving. Uh, if I may said uh, from my perspective. In IT industry in general, um, a half of things is open source. .NET, for example, .NET Core Project is fully open source. It's a huge framework, huge platform. That is, I can just go there, compile on my site and use it. Even I can modify it. Of course, if I check these licenses, allow me to do that. But yeah, as a day route, what we are looking, we cannot, and what, what's our perspective on, on the open source from our development standpoint is plugins we cannot open source why while developing these plugins we invested almost three and a half years developing these things and we just crashed the surfaces i like to say for our developer team and that's our ip intellectual property we learned a lot we gain a lot of knowledge we build things so we, we become fast but as a side effect we do the giveaway okay let's everybody use code is ours, but we can apply that code on custom development projects, on some, I don't know, internal projects and so on. We have planned to release first the Roots Open Source um, library in uh, three months from now, roughly speaking. It's a uh, math library that we are actually developing. Actually, we started recently with the uh, development of the project and it's a math library that will help uh, everybody in IT industry to kind of use uh, common map functionalities that are very specific for our industry uh, without being hard coded to rabbit just or autocad or namesparks so on more generic thing that's also be one of the giveaways for software developers not for the casual users but more for software developers so
0: yeah I did not try to point out DI roots this was not the intention of what I said I just wanted to say, uh, generally, that the people working in the projects, they should try to, like, if you want an alternative, look and see what is possible and try to support that. Don't expect for something to happen. Nobody will do that for free. Come on, let's be honest, right? So it's very nice that we have like projects like Blender Beam, where Malt and uh, the very nice community is putting a huge effort to try to do something there. And there we have Speckle, uh, there we have IFCJS, Other very nice projects, and there are definitely more of them. Uh, Yeah, there are. There is a huge list of them, in uh, on the OS Arch community uh, forums. So, uh, but uh, from from because you have the know-how and the background in this, and you work in this actually. Like, what do you think Blender Beam should do to succeed and become a real contender for this space, a real alternative for Revit, Archicad, or AutoCAD? Having in mind that their passion is there, but there are no money, like very little funds. Everything coming uh, in right now is just uh, Dion and the other developers putting their time. Yeah,
1: Uh, they need more developers to be one hundred percent on the point. They need more developers. They need more contribution, right, from the industry, not just from the individuals. Maybe companies like us, right? There is a lot of companies. Similar to the roots that are doing uh, plugins for Roteket Rabbit and so on, to take a spare of our time and our know how and try to apply to and uh, contribute to Blender Beam projects. I admire and I watched a lots of videos actually on your channel with Dylan, and the passion that he has for this project is kind of, you know, he shines. <laughs> you can literally feel the, the passion behind him. So, the project, in my opinion, can he beat Rabbit? in the sense of, you can take a big piece of the market, let's say, and everybody moves. To that. I believe, but uh, first first thing that you will need, you will need resources in terms of, you know, financial resources, support from the community, and uh, more uh, community contributions in terms of developers. And I think it is possible, it's just hard. It's very difficult. Not just because of putting effort, because kind of, if you take a look at the bigger picture, is as I said, we are locked into proprietary formats. It's very difficult to break these chains, like to, to get rid of all of these commercial players and try to find that alternative and make it work with other commercial applications. And that's the key, that that bridge is kind of, in my opinion, the thing that is missing. Until everybody fully adopts the IFC and all applications really comply with IFC, that can be our bridge, in my opinion. and. Uh,
0: you know, I, I am aware about the lack of finance. Then tell me, how do you think, can we get involved more companies? Uh, like they, they are bitching around that uh, Revit or Autodesk have too expensive licenses, but they don't contribute to a possible alternative at all. Uh, and they keep paying hundreds of thousands uh, or even millions of dollars uh, yearly in, uh, for licenses, right? And they don't, don't throw away two, $3,000 to help uh, a possible alternative. How do you think can we reach, uh, like what should we do? What can we do actually to to raise more awareness and get more more people involved in this? Because I'm aware, I, I know the problems and I know how they can be solved. Yeah, the developers and time, that equals money and you will get progress, right? But uh, because this might be uh, difficult, like this is very difficult, I, I try, like it's a mission of mine to to raise some awareness about this, but I don't feel that uh, that I raised any awareness about this. To be honest, since I talk about OpenBIM and uh, Beam. I, I did not feel that I make any impact at all. I, I still feel that the level of understanding is still the same. People yeah say, yeah it's cool. It's like it's very optimistic, a very uh, utopious topic, uh, but uh, nobody will try to contribute in any way, right? So what about maybe a Kind of business model for Blender Beam that, in a way, it could finance itself and the boom from from, uh, from this.
1: What I what I would do, on honest, but not my project, so it's not. Whatever I would I'm thinking now is I would build a long term roadmap for development, and for the product itself. What what are the targets? It, the targets need to be very clear. Is clear one hundred percent
0: clear. There is one. There is one
1: yeah uh, yeah the long-term roadmap okay and after that i would start um how to say market it properly because as you said uh i know for blender beam and i'd like to support the project my problem is time <laughs> my time is like very little honestly uh, that i have spare time to, to, to contribute uh but there are enthusiasts in this, in our industry. It's just, we need to reach them by, by marketing properly, the tool, and knowing what are the exactly roadmaps, what are the timelines, what is the goal that we want to achieve in a milestone, one, two, three, and so on. That's something that I would target, honestly. Uh, but take a look, at the, as an example, the Blender as a platform. I forgot the name, Guido, one, Ross, right? no, sorry, there's a Python. I forgot the name of the uh, initial developer and uh, inventor of Blender, I think.
0: Tom Rosendahl, um, I think.
1: Tim Rosendahl, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, how he created Blender? For straight 12 years, nobody used Blender. I mean, nobody. The very, very small percentage of the industry, actually d industry used. And then Blender exploded in terms of popularity. And today we see that is kind of one of the main cont- contenders, like. There is Maya, there is 3D Max, soft image, soft image. there is Houdini's, all of these nice cinema 4D, all of these nice applications, but there is one, actually you cannot believe, 100% free, 100% open source, fully maintained with a long-term roadmap of features. How he, maybe to examine his path and see how he makes his breakthrough, even with all of these financial losses that he has in the beginning
0: it was much more interest the niche was not so small actually it was geared more towards uh, more general use like uh, more programmers hobby programmers could have been interested in that you know uh, so the the user base is much much bigger because it's not only only construction industry right i thought about that uh, long and a lot about it i uh, of course but yeah, there are a little bit too many um, roadblocks in our industry, unfortunately. Uh, so I know if I would have some money, I would invest in this. But I don't know, like, uh, let's say that you can convince uh, an investor to put in some money. How You need to have a business model in place or something. And even if it's open source, you need to have a way to monetize it. And I, I don't know if Dion is willing to do that. <laughs> um, yeah.
1: Even Blender is monetizing in some different ways, not directly charging the product. There is a lot of different ways to monetize the actual development. Founding like, uh, things like uh, open movies for Blender. It's a product developed in the product that actually is free and open source.
0: So. Yeah, but you need to have users. That's the bigger, biggest problem because uh, what he's working right now is just to get to a beta version which can be mm-hmm. used in production, because now it's not recommended to be used in the production because there is no good uh, user interface. That's the problem. It can be used by the, the geekiest uh, people, right? So uh, it's not uh, appealing to the um, yeah most of us, right? It's difficult to speed that uh, roadmap. I think he hoped to release uh, by this year, that version beta, if I'm not mistaken, I, I can be mistaken about this, but... Um, I think it is going to be a bit easier when you can say that, yeah, you can use it. Like you can make a product, you can make a project from A to Z uh, in Blender Beam. We are not there yet. It's possible, but it's very clunky, like, and you need to know Blender first. So that's, that's another thing that the target is to, to, to have its own interface that you need to just to learn Blender Beam and not Blender itself. Because right now, if you want to use Blender Beam, of course, you need to learn Blender, or you need to use Blender mostly, right? Yeah. But I I cannot stop myself dreaming from, from the day when Blender Beam can become what, actually what Blender is today for uh, for the the artistic industry for film industry.
1: Honestly, me too. <laughs> Honestly, me too. Because I personally believe choice like more choice I have, I can decide better. If I want to pay something, okay, it means that I have the reasons why I'm using the Revit or XYZ application, right? But uh, to reach this level, Autotest took like a 25 years think, of development and very, very extremely large amount of money to develop this. So to compete with this, yes, it is possible but to give the correct answer, what is the exact roadmap to achieve this result is very difficult. If you know that, we will probably <laughs> we will be on the right path, right? So it may be trial and error. And if you are passionate, I don't know, Dylan is passionate. Uh, right? so we are speaking about Dylan and Dylan is not here. So <laughs> He said, okay, but uh, he will understand what I'm saying. If he's so passionate, he will hit the wall, he will stand up and go again and he will learn the lessons, right? What to do this time to gain even more users, more, more contributors, more developers, and so on. Uh, one fun thing that I would do, honestly, when he released the beta version, I would recreate this sample model from Rabbit just to market it, because everybody knows this model. I'm such a the word stupid, but it's a stupid model, like it doesn't show real. But it will be eye-catching, it will be shared over the LinkedIn, it will be shared over Twitter, all, all of these networks. And people will catch up. People will see, wow, is this even possible to do? It's not a, you know, all started as a one man ambition to create uh, and change the whole industry. Now it's kind of becoming something that you actually produce results. That's why I'm saying maybe a better version he needs one model to show everybody.
0: Yeah, but you know, uh, actually Blender Beam is one of the most advanced tools out there for uh, IFC authoring tools, you know? You have all. Uh, it can edit natively IFC files,
1: and that is something to respect.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so from this point of view, like this is why it's so important for Blender beam to succeed because it has no no agenda. It just has the uh, in mind the progress of the industry, the cooperation, the collaboration, how to implement this as quick as possible. Yeah. We we went uh, sideways for too long. Uh, I'm I'm like I'm frustrated and uh, passionate at the same time about uh, Blender Beam and uh, I would like to to see it uh, succeed, and I would like to be able to contribute. But um, so far, I f- I see uh, that my efforts uh, the, did not uh, do anything, uh, any positive.
1: You are underestimating, honestly. Sorry for saying that, but your channel has the influence, and you hurt me. I watched. I learned. I know for Blender Beam, you are started raising uh, awareness. Even um, yeah, more people know. So you're doing great job. It's just it will take some time, so everybody can be aware. It's just it's just just plain simple like that.
0: Yeah, where is uh, the biggest base of your users? Are your plugins mostly used in Europe, in uh, in U.S. where?
1: uh usc and europe are the common ones like we know the number of downloads where it's coming to go to website to download we know it came from usc we don't know exactly from where but you know so USC is very strong uh they they use honestly All my personal observation is they use the tools to speed up things and that like they don't care about is it a paid free tool they just need to speed up And they have this pragmatic attitude, which I kind of admire, honestly. But we have users all all around the world. If I can see one of the countries that we kind of don't have a lot of users is, for some reason, Japan. Why am saying Japan is completely opposite side of the planet? Because we are mainly covering, we are seeing requests from New Zealand, Australia, Vietnam, India, I don't know. Name the country, Russia, (laughs) USA, France. For example, we have a lot of uh, supporters in uh, uh, Holland, we have a lot of uh, supporters there from Denmark also, and from the Nordic countries, definitely. Even one of the features that I'm this feature is actually sponsored by one uh, uh, Swedish company. Actually, they paid, they needed internally that tool, but they decided, come on, these guys are developing, let's pay them to create that tool, and we give them community. Kind of for free, because they
0: sponsor us. So nice.
1: Yeah. I can even see one of the next possible sponsorships that we will have. Sponsorship, uh, it doesn't pay all costs, believe me. Like, it's uh, one fraction of the cost. But it's nice to see somebody support you and you create something for them. But you release publicly. You are available to release publicly. For example, here we have one US-based uh, company and one specific uh, you know, uh, guy who actually really support us and he wants to create something like let me just go here maybe existing users so para manager will kind of understand what I'm speaking but the family stuff that is in the model level if I go into families the big problem is injecting parameters in nested families and feature like that on the model level we will just create on the families panel and it will be sponsored by US-based company. So we are open for all kinds of different models. We personally don't care if you have a good idea, you don't want to pay full development and it fits somehow in our plugin's vision. Why not? What's up nothing. Uh, yeah, so we really enjoy it on, on this project. It's very, very specific, as I said, the contains stuff. And actually, now I'm sorry, because I didn't prepare the LinkedIn article from the, uh, you know, sponsor that he posted on LinkedIn, I was very proud on the words that he used, but yeah.
0: Congratulations for a good job. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah, you need to tell me that you did a good job, but yeah, thank you. (laughs) I think we did, on this specific feature we did, but
0: yeah,
1: our users still
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's very good. Well, Marco, thank you very much. It was very nice to talk to you. Thank how you. can people reach out to you if they want to ask you something personally? Uh,
1: personally, my LinkedIn page, uh, Marco Koljancic, because you don't know how to pronounce the name, anybody in the community, it's very difficult, but you will find me on LinkedIn and uh, the same name at Deruts.com. If you go to the Roots team page, you'll find email. So, yeah, feel free to reach me so we yeah.
0: can discuss. Thank you very much for taking the time. Thank you, Petro. And I wish you good luck with your developments further.
1: You too, thank you. Thank you, Petro.